This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Alrighty, folks, welcome in. Right now, the time 812 and a comfortable 73 outside for you. Looking pretty good here from the studios. Rain holding off, at least for now, so let's look forward to a great, great weekend. Hey, we got a great show planned for you this morning. Our guest is uh, CEO of NHC, Steve Flat, and he's joining us to discuss NHC's 50 year anniversary. And there's just so much cool history and uh, great stories and, and just really a great story about a uh, vision that, that grew into what it is today. NHC, of course, uh, one of the premier uh, healthcare facilities and, um, you know, many of them across 10 states. And that's, you know, kind of just grown into uh, just something great and uh, just a really reliable place for folks to to bring family to, to get that care. And uh, with that, I welcome you on. Steve Flack, good morning. Good morning, Nick. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So uh, tell us a little bit about the history of NHC celebrating 50 years today. And this all kind of started, uh, you know, way back when with Dr. Carl Adams and, and his wife. And they had a vision of, of a different kind of health care for seniors in a, in a different way for uh, them to get the care they need. We were talking a little bit about off the air. So I want to just give you a moment to to kind of lay down that foundation and give us a little history. Sure, be glad to. It's hard to wrap up 50 years in a minute or two, but <laughs> it was 50 years ago today that Dr. Adams, who was, at the time was a 57-year-old surgeon and physician here in Murfreesboro, uh, that he purchased 14 nursing homes from hospital affiliates. Hospital affiliates, by the way, was the genesis of HCA, another company a lot of folks are familiar with. <laughs> But those 14 nursing homes out of bankruptcy, and that became the genesis of NHC. And you said it a moment ago, Dr. Adams had a passion to help seniors live the fullest quality of life that they could possibly live. Early on, after the advent of Medicare and Medicaid, nursing homes began to pop up in greater abundance. And I think early on, there were some people and some providers who looked at that as a place to warehouse the elderly. I can assure you at NHC, we've never had that vision. Dr. Adams, as a physician, always wanted to ensure the highest quality of life for every senior that we could have. And so, for example, early on, 1974, he put a therapist actually in the facility. We were the first senior care company in America to do that. He had a vision of doing registered dietitians so that in every building so that our patients and residents could get proper nutrition and recover. Um, one of his favorite quotes, he would say, I don't know how many days anybody has on this earth. Only God knows that. What I'm interested in is the quality of life while they're here. So from that genesis, and I will tell you, he has cast a long, long shadow over the 50-year culture of this, this company. His two sons, Andy Adams and Robert Adams, were CEO. Dr. Adams, Andy Adams, and Robert Adams were CEOs for NHC for 45 uh, of the 50 years that we've been in existence. So it's a very rich, powerful legacy. A lot of great people working there. Uh, we have grown. We now have uh, 75 skilled nursing facilities in nine states. We have 24 assistant living communities. 
we have 35 home care agency offices in four states, and we have 28 hospice offices in four states. In total, we have about 175 operating locations in 10 states, and we have we hire about 15 that we call them partners, not employees, because we view that there are partners in rendering this quality care. We have 15,000 partners that work at NHC presently. And it's impressive that you know, with all the growth, that vision and that uh, that promise that you make to residents and, and partners and their families has stayed the same. I, I think so. Um, you know, I, I honestly think that the culture uh, of any organization is the most valuable asset it has. And really, when you say culture, you're, you're really talking about the people, because the people are the culture. It's what they say, what they don't say, how they act, their attitudes. That creates the culture. And uh, I came to NHC in 2005, and I, I can tell you I, I, I've been was so impressed from day one, and I still am, and so proud to serve at a company where uh, our, our, our people want to do not just the right thing. They want to do the very best they can. We, we have something we call the better way culture. We have 20 promises. And every single day, Nick, at every location, including home office right across the street, but in every, every shift, even the, the night shift, um, we have what we call stand-up. And every partner gathers in a small group, and they cover the promise for the day and some talking points that have been pre-prepared to remind us of why that promise is important. Uh, most all of us who've worked at NHC any amount of time, we can quote those 20 promises. Most of us can. But I, I, I'm just saying uh, what that has done is reinforced you know, that culture and keeps us on the same page and properly motivated to give the best service that we can. Steve Flatt, our guest this morning, is the CEO over at NHC, and that's the the home office, the big tall building everybody knows right here downtown, and uh, you can almost see it from it seems like as you're as you're pulling into Middle Tennessee and coming into Murfreesboro, you can see that big building. So, um, tell us a little bit about your history with NHC, how you got started, why you decided to to come aboard, and you know how have things been for you in the last 20, 25 years. Well, uh, I, I had kind of an unusual path to NHC, and if you know anything about NHC. Most people are homegrown. We hire people often at a very young age, and often they'll stay 40 years. Uh, that, that's rare in this day and time, but we have lots of people who do that. Um, I was a little bit different. Uh, my background is in higher education and to some degree in ministry. Uh, I've got a PhD in higher education administration. I was actually the president of Lipscomb University in Nashville for eight years. Um, I was considering uh, 16 years ago uh, another college presidency. I'd been approached by a headhunter and so forth. And I'll never forget, it was one Friday afternoon, and my assistant wasn't even working that day. And it was a knock on the door from Andy Adams. Uh, Andy was on my board at Lipscomb at the time. And Andy at the time was CEO of NHC. And uh, he stuck his head in and basically said, Well, I, I, I hate to hear you thinking you might leave Lipscomb. And I said, well, I just don't know for sure. And he said, well, I'm not here to talk to you about that. I want to say, if you really think you might, uh, I'd like to talk to you about considering NHC. Uh, that was the last conversation I expected that day. And, of course, my immediate response was, well, I really don't know anything about health care. And he said, well, well, we'll work with you and teach you. And, and what seemed like an unlikely invitation, I did know this, though, Nick, I knew that NHC was one of the top five or so premier senior care companies in, in the country. 
And when I went home and told my wife about that conversation, she said, well, you're not going to consider that. I said, well, you know, you don't get an invitation like that very often from a premier company that's doing great things. And so one thing led to another, and a few months later, I came on initially as senior VP for development, uh, then president in 09 and CEO in January 1st of 17. And I've loved every minute of it. How do things look different? I, I said 20, 25 years. You said you started in 05, so I'm about 15 or 20 16. years. 16, yeah, right. Um, so how have things changed in just that short time? Well, we've added a, a good number of facilities. When, when I first came on NHC, and there's a longer story than we've got time to share on the radio, we owned two buildings. Um, today, we own about 55 buildings. Now, some of that came about by new construction. We have done a lot of new construction over the last 16 years. We, we have typically done about 40 to $50 million worth of new construction a year. Uh, we had spawned a REIT back in 1997 called NHR, and in 2007, we bought back those profits. So that's how we acquired about 25 or so. Uh, but we now own about 55 properties and have no debt on any of those properties, which we're, we're very, very proud of. So we've grown in terms of, of putting assets on our balance sheet. Uh, we also launched, at the time I came on board, Karis Hospice, which we were a partner in, was in its infancy. Uh, just last month, June 11th, we, we purchased out our minority partner in that, and Karis is now if not the largest, one of the largest hospice providers in the state. Uh, it's in three other states, but it has an average daily census of about 1,200. So what we've done over the last 16 years, we've owned, owned a lot more buildings. We have uh, increased our assisted living beds by over 100%. We have grown home care in two different states. We've acquired hospice. And our latest venture, Nick, is uh, we now have two behavioral health hospitals under construction with a primary focus in Gerasyke. Uh, that's, that's a huge need. And we see it in our skilled nursing and assisted living facilities. And as people, particularly with dementia, as that number increases, they need often some, some psychiatric care for brief periods of time. We operate one currently in Missouri, but we've got two others under construction, and we see that as a growing part of our business going forward. And you mentioned that one of Dr. Carl Adams' original visions was to have these, uh, you know, whether it be physical therapists or, uh, you know, different needs for different folks, but all in, in-house. in So they wouldn't have to travel out as far. They could have all that stuff, you know, right where they're staying and live comfortably. Um, and, you know, it sounds like you guys have continued that into today to have, you know, the needs that people need and bringing them to them in these facilities. Uh, no question about that, Nick. It's exactly right. In fact, when people say, are you a nursing home company? My answer is we're a senior care company. There's no question that nursing homes are our genesis and skilled nursing facilities still make up the majority of our buildings. But as I said, we were the first licensed home care agency in the state of Tennessee. We started home care in 1976. I already mentioned assisted living. We do independent living like we have at Adams Place, which as the name implies, folks are more independent. We have our own therapy company that employs over a thousand therapists. We have our own pharmacy company that supplies the medicinal products to each of our operations uh, across our footprint. We actually have our own, our own insurance companies. We have our own professional liability insurance company. We have our own workers' comp insurance company. So basically what we've tried to do is, is to create the entire array of service lines and ancillary services to where we, we know we can maintain the quality and the standards that we want. It's worked out very well. 
Our guest this morning, Steve Flat, he's the CEO over at NHC, and they're celebrating 50 years today, and uh, just a great accomplishment, and um, you know, great longevity, and you guys have grown and grown and grown. One of the things that Dr. Carl Adams was was very uh, you know, adamant about was having a, a campus-style living for senior citizens where they could live with their spouse, they could stay with their spouse, even if they needed different levels of care. Talk a little bit about that. Why is that important, and, and uh, what has the reception been from families and, and residents that you guys do provide that service? Right. And and we like to do that whenever we can, um, and we've modified that as time has gone on. I guess one of our first ventures, it's, it's typically called a CCRC. That stands for Commun- Continuing Care retirement center. Uh, We were the developer of Richland Place in downtown Nashville in 1992. Uh, We didn't own it. A group of folks came together and created a nonprofit and wanted a a very, very nice retirement center that offered all levels of care. Well, we developed it for that nonprofit group, and we have managed it ever since. And it has independent living, where people are basically, as the name implies, independent. They can, many of them drive and get out and go, but they have meals, they have security, they have activities, they have transportation if they want it to and from stores or whatever they want to do. And, and it's just a great place for folks as they enter their later years to really enjoy that quality of life Dr. Adams talked about. If they need more assistance with what are called activities of daily living, that could be uh, grooming. It could be bathing. It, it could even be toileting and some other things. They may need to move into assisted living, where again, as the name implies, there is assistance there. And then finally, if they need a higher level of care, uh, perhaps after an incident, a stroke or, or something, uh, then you have the skilled nursing component. If you look out at Adams Place, or I mentioned Richland Place, those are two classic examples. And yes, Dr. Adams had that vision. Andy and Robert Adams had that vision too. That it's the place where you can go and know, you know, that that you can have the highest quality of life that you can have at each stage of, you know, the the, the final chapter or two of your life. Tell us a little bit about the relationship with NHC, Richmond Place, Adams Place, and you know, you kind of mentioned off the air um, the dynamic of that. But if you could explain that to the listeners. Well, sure. I, I mentioned we own, I think now about fifty-five buildings that we own. Uh, and yet we actually uh, operate over a hundred different buildings. Uh, we manage some properties for third-party owners. I, I mentioned Richland Place. Um, in Nashville, there are a couple of faith-based uh, communities called Lakeshore Heartland and Lakeshore Meadows. Uh, we manage those for that nonprofit entity. Uh, we actually manage uh, somewhere between 10 and 11 different, uh, typically they're skilled nursing facilities. Uh, then we also, um, and, and we're not the only company that's done this, a number of senior care companies, we spawned a REIT back in 1991. It was our first REIT, NHI. And, of course, they're located here in Murfreesboro, too, National Health Investors. And we spawned that REIT. We sold them real estate, and the NHC shareholders at that time got shares of NHI stock. And then we leased back those properties. At the time, there were 41 that we leased. We bought six of those back from NHI in 2013, but we still lease 35 from them. Uh, but NHI, that now they, they started just with NHC as a client. Now they have many, many clients. They're a $3 billion company in and of themselves. So I think NHC is, has done a lot of things to be good for Murfreesboro, for the employment climate and for the business climate of really all of Middle Tennessee and beyond, but certainly Murfreesboro. 
Something that's impressive I wanted to talk to you about was, um, you know, for NHC, you guys were recently recognized with the 2020 Customer Approved Award and the 2020 Employee Approved Award. So many places, it's hard to win on both sides to have that great customer <laughs> service, but also for the people that work there to truly love to work there and be there. You guys are doing both. Talk a little bit more about the culture at NHC and, and how you guys were able to, to win on both sides to be such great customer service. Uh, providers, but also a, just a great place to work. People that work there really seem to just be in love with it. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Nick. And uh, I'm sure if you poll all 15,000 partners, you'd find a complaint or two. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. But actually, I, I, you know, what you said, we see it a different way. You, you said a moment ago, well, maybe you're, you're good at customer service or maybe you're good with your employees. We think we'll only be good at cust- or great in customer service if we're great in partner service because those part I'm not I'm not out there giving direct care to anybody but we have frontline partners who are and they need to be very satisfied with their work and that creates the customer satisfaction that you want so we see those really two sides of the same coin uh, in fact I mentioned we've had these 20 promises for our customers for the last well I guess 15 years or more um, we in the last three years have developed 10 promises for our partners because we want to make sure they know, you know, here's what we want to promise you so that you feel secure, you feel like your work is meaningful, you feel appreciated and valued so that we will get the kind of response we want from you. But the award you mentioned, NRC is a national, um, they're, they're a national company that does these type of surveys. They have thousands of clients in the senior living and senior care space. And I am very proud that out of those, those, all those hundreds and hundreds of customers, uh, we ranked number one in customer satisfaction in the nursing home space. And we ranked number two in employee satisfaction in that same group of peers. And, you know, I mean, you'd have to know us, Nick, we won't be number one in both and we're going to shoot for that. But, but, but we're very proud with you know, how we were recognized and how our partners and customers responded to those surveys. And would you agree a lot of that is not just the folks who are living in the facilities, but their families and their their look on, you know, how you guys treat their family when you're taking care of them. That's probably a big part of it, just as much, if not more, than just the opinions of the people that are staying there, but the way that their families see it. A thousand percent, Nick. In fact, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that let's clarify that. You know, you have, particularly in, in, in nursing facilities, you have all types of degrees of acuity. Uh, you have some patients who don't really, they, they have dementia so badly that they may not be able to give you any feedback. But the families can, and the families are there, and they know and love their loved one. And so when we do those surveys to customers, we survey the patient and the family, and all that goes into what your customer satisfaction scores are. You are absolutely correct about that. You know, one of the hardest things any of us has to face, and I'm old enough now, and both my parents have passed on, uh, in my mind, prematurely. But one of the hardest things I know that folks face is, is, is caring for an elderly parent uh, when they're unable to care for themselves. And it's very, very challenging. And when, when the, there is a need to go into an institutional setting, and I say that not meaning institutional in a bad way, just they got to go outside their, their own home to either an assisted living or skilled nursing. You know, that family has to deal with a bit of a grief because it's a change. It's a change in that, you know, mom's never going back to the old house we grew up in. 
And candidly, I've learned this from our social workers, there can be a, a bit of a sense of guilt about that. Like, well, why can't I take care of them? Well, I know we have lots and lots, millions of at-home caregivers who do that, but it's not always feasible because of the level of care needed. And so it's important, I'm saying all that to say it's important we deal with those families because they need to know we're doing the best we possibly can to help take care of your mother, your father, your loved one. How has that been more challenging in the last year and a half? And I uh, just wanted to, you know, briefly touch on, uh, you know, the, the challenges that COVID-19 would, would bring to you guys. And over the 50-year history and your 16 years with NHC, probably one of the biggest obstacles, and I think most people can agree with this, that you guys had to overcome. How do we deal with this? How do we, you know, maintain the family-patient relationship? Because a lot of times they weren't yeah. able to come in and, and see those family members. Talk briefly about that and, and how have you guys grown and how are you able to overcome that? Uh, well, Nick, as you can imagine, with over 100 operating locations, over 100 buildings in 50 years, we've seen it all. I mean, we've got we've seen hurricanes, we've seen floods, we've seen fires. A few years back in Joplin, Missouri, a tornado came through and leveled a skilled nursing facility that we operated. Thank God, and this is it, miraculous. Nobody was even hurt, uh, and our staff, our partners, did an incredible job there. So we've seen we've seen all kinds of hardships and challenges but there's been nothing quite like the pandemic because it was universal uh it targeted the elderly i mean you you know this i mean the coronavirus not only were older people more susceptible to it uh, they were the ones more at risk for for dying from it um from the get-go you know we followed every bit of instruction from the cdc from state health from cms and we 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 had, I'm sure, at least 150 infection control surveys. I mean, we fared so well in those. We, I think, out of the whole company, we had four or five deficiencies, and those were just 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 minor things. We did everything we could, knew to do, to try and keep COVID out. But it was almost impossible because pre-vaccination, you know, it you had asymptomatic carriers, so you even could have some of your own partners, our employees, who didn't know they had COVID but they may have gotten it going to the grocery store and they come into work and yes, they have on PPE and everything else uh, appropriately, but it was just such an insidious and contagious virus. It was just almost impossible to contain. Uh, so we had to battle with that. Uh, we, we were fortunate. The number of cases per thousand patient days we had was lower than the national average. It was lower than our state averages in every state that we operate in. Our mortality rate from COVID was lower than the national average and in each state, but but it still took an awful toll, um, and it it was so so difficult on our partners, um, their own fear for their safety, what they might do for their families, uh, until you've cared for somebody fully garbed in PPE that included an N95 mask and a face shield and gloves and gowns and in the summertime and it. it it was it was a massive undertaking, I, and I want to say this: I'm a lot of heroes, healthcare heroes, were recognized through that, and should be. I tended to see, at least on the the television news and media, that you know the hospital workers got a lot of kudos for that, and and the emergency room, and and God bless them, they deserve every bit of that. But I want to tell you, an unsung hero were the nursing home and assisted living workers, where those folks stayed day after day, week after week, month after month, and uh, they just did an incredible job. 
uh, I'll say this, and I'm talking too long. You just cut me off. We can come back. You know, you got commercials and things to go to. But I, I do want to say something about the vaccine. Um, and I know there's some vaccine hesitancy out there. I'm going to tell you what. The vaccine has saved hundreds of thousands of people who are elderly. Uh, I can tell you that at the end of the year, right around Christmas, and you look at all our locations, we had about 630 active patients and 400 active partners. And then the vaccine began. And as of about two weeks ago, we got down to three active patients in all of our footprint and less than 10 active partners. Now, I'm going to give this warning because we monitor this not just daily. We monitor it hourly. I mean, we're beginning to pick up with some cases. Uh, not, not, not like it was. There are 30 active patient cases today and about 30, a little more than 30, 35 or 6 active partner cases. So I do hope I'm a fan of the vaccine. I've seen what it can do to save lives and certainly in, in our settings. And we do need to make sure beyond our own individual choice for me i got to make sure this doesn't spread the community because ultimately we don't want to see a reenactment in our elderly population that we went through for over a year, which wasn't always mortality. Frankly, you know, most people, the vast majority survived it. But things like restricting visitation, that was horrible. It, it had to be done because there was no vaccine and we couldn't contain the virus. But the emotional and mental and physical strain that put on our patients and residents, uh, not to be able to hug a son or a daughter, and the strength put on those families, uh, we, we don't need to go through that again. Uh, and and I, I pray that uh, the steps are taken in our society and culture to where we don't. 100% agree with you. Our guest this morning is Steve Flat, and uh, he's the CEO over at NHC. They're celebrating 50 years today, and uh, just a great accomplishment, and uh, just you know, a great showcase of longevity. And you guys continue to grow, continue to hold on to that original vision. I wanted to talk more about Dr. Carl Adams here in a second. We're going to take a quick timeout though. When we return, uh, we'll be taking some phone calls. So if you'd like to give us a call, if you have a question for us, 615-893. 1450. That'll connect you here to the radio station, and we'd love to chat with you. You can also text us at that same number, 615-893-1450. We chat more with Steve when we return. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We specialize in every instrument that the local musician needs at prices comparable or better than online prices. We do guitar repairs and setups, lessons for every instrument from strings to keyboards to drums. We are your local music store. You need to come see us. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us. And that's our freedom and the right to live in this country, and we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. 
WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. Each congressman, senator, and governor could test as many people as they wanted to get down to 10. Well, mine tested 100. The academy was brand new. West Point and Annapolis, you got a primary or an alternate, where if you passed, you're in. If you failed, the alternate goes. In this salute, we talked to a veteran who served in the U.S. Air Force. So I graduated with... James Deck, better known as J.D., flew a C-130 in Vietnam. They sent us to sea survival. We went out there and they scared them out of us. They let us float out in a raft by ourselves, in a single man raft. And then we went to Stead Air Force Base for jungle survival. They chased us all over the mountain shooting at us. We lived off of wild radishes and onions and things like that. And then they captured you and you went into POW training. And you spent like seven different ways they were going to interrogate you. And they said, the only thing we can't replicate is the fear of death, but everything else we can do. And they did. And I had many friends that had nervous breakdowns and they failed. One of the things that most of the people broke down on was they shoved you into a box and just kept pushing till you couldn't move. And we had a bag over our head 24-7. I was in there and I could rub my nose with one finger. So I fixated on being able to do this instead on the pain and suffering. James Deck, a veteran of Vietnam. This has been a salute to veterans. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran. Join Smile Doctors in Smyrna Thursday, July 29th for the Summer Smiles event. Barbecue games and door prizes. Free consultations and scans to see your new smile with their smile simulator. Same day braces or Invisalign. Thursday from 11 to 4. Across from Nissan and Smyrna. We click in with traffic, news, and weather bulletins anytime. Good Neighbor Talk is your 24-7 connection. WTNS, AM, FM, and online. Welcome back in. Right now the time, 8.42 and a comfortable 74 degrees out the door for you. And I just keep looking out the studio window here. Looks like a great start to the day. I did see rain in the forecast this weekend, but hopefully that'll push back and uh, we can enjoy some of this wonderful, wonderful weather. Our topic this morning, we're discussing NHC's 50-year anniversary. And with us this morning, CEO Steve Flat. Steve, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, we, we've kind of covered a lot of ground so far this morning. And um, one of the things I wanted to make sure we talked about, and this is so important to just the the building uh, and the DNA of NHC, is Dr. Carl Adams' relationship when he was with us. And he, of course, passed away in 1994. But uh, his his vision and his, his energy is still such a strong part of what you guys do. Talk about his relationship with with his employees with his partners with the folks who who he took care of um what kind of guy was he on on the ground level on the day-to-day what 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 was he like for folks that knew him and worked alongside him well i'll, I'll have to share with you uh vicarious experiences I, I had the privilege of meeting dr adams way back when but i was not at nhc never dreamed i would be um and and my impression of him from that meeting was he was a delightful man 
we have had many part. We've got several partners working still, even though he passed away in 1994. Several, several partners who remember him vividly. Um, I think Dr. Adams, from everything I know about him, was a very unique man. I've already said he cast a long shadow. He had a very clear vision. Of course, it had to evolve as technology evolved and different care settings evolved. But his clear vision was to do the best job we can to take care of seniors and to constantly be learning how to do that better. That, that's part of our culture we've not talked about, and that comes directly from Dr. Adams. If there's a better way to do it, let's do it. Let, let's look for those ways. By the way, I mentioned, you know, we started the first home care in Tennessee in 76. Dr. Adams, along with, at that time, Judy Powell, who has retired a few years ago as our chief nursing officer and senior uh, vice president of patient services, they created the first computerized assessment program for patients in long-term care in America in 1974. That, that's just an example of the innovation that Dr. Adams put in place. He had high expectations for his employees, for his partners, but he also treated everybody with respect and his passion for what we were trying to do was obvious to everybody. And even though he's passed away 27 years ago, there's not a day that goes by that his name's not mentioned in that building. Uh, often it's in those talking points I sh said we share every day about one of our 20 promises. Uh, we remind ourselves, if you go to our website, there's, it's an old one, but it's a message from Dr. Adams you know, on the website. Um, I, I think that's extremely important. I, I realize I'm the first non-Adams to be the CEO of NHC, but I believe great organizations, they embrace a rich legacy and they build upon it. Um, we embrace the legacy that was and is Dr. Adams. Uh, as I said, long shadow and he deserves more credit for establishing the culture of doing the best thing for the patient uh, and the resident that we continue to try and, and embody today. So tell us about this meeting between you and Dr. Carl Adams. He is the founder of NHC, and he meets the future CEO of the company without realizing it at the time. What was, uh, what was that like? Well, honestly, that was a, a meeting a long time ago where I was an administrator in higher education at Lipscomb. I was not the president of Lipscomb then. I didn't become president until 97, which was after he passed away. And I and the president at Lipscomb then were meeting with Dr. Adams about Short Mountain Bible Camp, which he had an interest in. So it had nothing to do with health care, nothing, nothing. And, you know, I think other than uh, the president at Lipscomb at the time, which was uh, Willard Collins saying something to him about, well, I, you know, uh, how's everything going at NHC? <laughs> so, you know, and Dr. Adams responded, but there wasn't much more than that. So, um, but again, he was a, he was a very stately gentleman. Uh, he had a presence about him. And you, really, you could. When he walked in a room, you knew you were talking with somebody who, by the way, not only had a presence, he just had uh, common sense and wisdom. Uh, his grandson uh, put together a little book, Robert Coggin, who works over there, uh, called The Wit and Wisdom of Dr. Carl Adams, just little, little sayings that Dr. Adams had. I've got one of those sitting on my credenza right now. And every management conference and every patient care conference, which we, we have those every year, management conference for our administrators, patient care conference for our DONs, directors of nursing and home care and uh, rehab directors, I guarantee you in, in those presentations every year, we quote Dr. Adams, not just a quote, but often four or five. 
and not always the same ones because he he just had wisdom about it. He was not flashy, um, and and he, you know, he was understated in what he tried to to see accomplished. But he really did great things, and put that sense of a vision and work ethic and motivation into particularly his sons Andy and Robert, and they did great things. They just they built upon that in an incredible way that I don't even think Dr. Adams could have envisioned when he started the company or even when he passed away. The different services you guys provide across your facilities, everything from hospice care to maybe just a short rehab stint that somebody needs for maybe a knee replacement, something something not as serious, and then you you know get into hospice care. How do you guys facilitate the time and the energy uh, to make sure everybody gets the care they need? Because it sounds like all different levels, you know, you guys are doing a great job of providing that care and that attention, but there's just so much ground to cover. What are those conversations like when you guys talk about that kind of thing? Well, you know, I think one of the greatest challenges of our healthcare system in general is a consumer out there who is either just aging and having some problems, maybe with memory, maybe with mobility, or even if they've gone in and had a surgery, you know, one planned or one expected. Often the consumer just doesn't know, well, where do I go from here? That really is one of the, the, the most, and there's certainly there are discharge planners at a hospital. We have admissions coordinators and social workers at each of our levels, skilled nursing, assisted living, and with home care, we want what our number one thing is, put that patient in the right setting. If they can be cared for at home safely and receive everything they need, uh, that might be some therapy. It might be a pick line or something. I mean, just if, if they can receive that at home, that's where they need to be. And that's where we're excited to serve them. Uh, if it's assisted living, they just need some assistance. They don't need round-the-clock skilled nursing. They need to be in assisted living. Uh, if it's skilled nursing, then we and, and even then, we want to make sure as we look at whatever their situation is, their acuity, can we take care of them, take care of them properly? Most all the time we can, but you know, that's the key is getting that right placement first. And and then we do try to make their situation better. You know, one thing I'll I'll share this with the listeners because I, I know that most people think about quote nursing homes, end quote. And I like to call them skilled nursing centers, and we actually call them our health care centers. That they just, people just go there and they live out their life and die. That that's it. Well, the fact of the matter is, we serve in our skilled nursing facilities a bifurcated population. We serve, we do serve long-term care. When people get very old and, 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 and really have a hard time getting, they may go and live in that long-term care setting for six months, a year, two years, sometimes four or five years, and, and, and they will pass away ultimately. But we also serve the post-acute care population. These are people like you just said, joint replacement, rehab from stroke or heart attack or whatever. And the interesting thing is 80% of the patients that we serve in our skilled nursing facilities go home. Now, when I tell a buddy that on the golf course, they're shocked. I mean, they're, what? Yeah, yeah. 80% of the patients we serve go back home. They don't go there to age and die. Uh, but, you know, at some point in life, that may be a need we have. So, you know, it's one thing I'd want people to know. A place like Adams Place or NHC Murfreesboro or any of them in our footprint, we do a great job. Our folks do a great job of helping people recover and uh, get back to their fullest capability in life. CEO at NHC, Steve Flat, our guest this morning, and we're talking about the 50-year uh, anniversary of NHC and uh, just the, the large footprint you guys have had and, and you know, the growth. And uh, 
One of the things that Dr. Carl Adams talked about and you know, it's just been implemented and worked up the ladder still to today is providing good food, good diet plans, um, healthy food for the for the folks that you guys are taking care of. And you know, mentioned sometimes nursing homes, um, you know, they, they might look at it differently, but you guys say, you know, we want you to eat well, we want you to enjoy yourself, get back home, get healthy, live a healthy life. Uh, and I was reading through and listening to the podcast and just some of the quotes from uh, some of the workers talking about um, you know, this is what I would want people to treat my mom and dad with this kind of respect. It's somebody's grandma and grandpa, somebody's somebody's parent, somebody's spouse that you're taking care of. And if it was you in that position, you would want them to get the utmost care. So talk a little bit about that, the the uh, the talks in the kitchen, if you could say, um, for, you know, cooking and preparing these meals. For folks who have been preparing meals for 50 or 60 years, you know, we all know uh, grandma and grandpa, some <laughs> of the best cooks out there. So uh, now when you're cooking for them, uh, you got to give that a lot of care, a lot of attention, give them good stuff. I'm sure they're they're probably big critics, but one of the things with your guys' facilities is is the food. People just rave about it and say the, the folks working in the kitchen really give it that extra care. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Nick. I, and I will say this, you know, again, I was a college president for eight years and now working NHC and we have, you know, I can tell you that there's no cooking like home cooking. We all know that. The greatest complaint I got when I was at a university setting was the food. Didn't matter what it was because it wasn't what they had at home. But Dr. Adams, you are right, had an absolute intent on nutritious and delicious food. Uh, a couple of things on that, uh, without getting into details, nobody, but I, I can assure you that on a uh, we, 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 take, we measure cost on a per-patient day basis. I can assure you at NHC, our dietary cost out of our 36, we have 36 skilled nursing facilities in Tennessee. We're the largest skilled nursing provider in Tennessee. I can assure you our per-patient day cost would be at the very top of, if you looked at our peer group uh, across the 300-plus nursing, I can assure you of that because it's that important to us. Dr. Adams started a dietetic internship program. He started that years and years ago. Gussie Walker was the first director. Dr. Patty Poe now directs it. We take six dietary interns, and I don't know if you know how difficult that is. That's a year-long program. It involves, I mean, it's full-time for a year. There's classroom training. There's actual, you know, experience in the laboratory. They do it not just in in nursing facilities, but hospitals. Uh, this is a we're the only long-term care company in the country that has that, and we graduate six a year. Uh, I'm delighted that over the years, some of this has been self-serving because we've kept 40 to 50 percent of those who graduate. We offer them jobs in NHC, uh, but they come from literally all across the country to participate in this, and it's recognized as one of the finest dietetic internship programs in America. And again, that's the, the point, making sure we provide delicious, nutritious food for our folks. I, I will tell you, for example, uh, skin breakdowns. You know, as people get older, uh, pressure ulcers are always, and people tend to think, well, that only can come from being still too long and not being turned if they are immobile. Well, obviously that's a factor, but the greatest issue in skin deterioration is dehydration, along with improper nutrition. You can avoid a lot of those things if you can get the patient the food and the water or the, the beverages that they need at, at the right time. I will tell you, in our centers, we we will do made to order. Somebody, if you don't like what's, you know, the two or three things on the menu, what do you want? You want a hamburger? You want, you know, a piece of fish? What, what do you want? You want some? We will we cook to order. That's not uncommon in our centers at all. 
Uh, and obviously, sometimes we have to have restricted diets that uh, have all kinds of different potential parameters on them. But we do what the patients need. That's what we. That's our intent. And you're right. Huge part of what we do. And Dr. Adams was a catalyst for it. Steve Flatt, our guest this morning, and if you could believe it, we're just about out of time, but uh, he's the CEO over at NHC as they celebrate 50 years today. we got about two minutes. If you could tell us what's going on across the street. You guys got balloons. You got the 50-year sign. You got a tent getting set up. You're going to have a little party today. Well, we are. Uh, actually, I mentioned we've got 175 operating locations in 10 states. We're going to have little parties everywhere uh, across our footprint, but this is our corporate office. This is our home office. We've been in Murfreesboro for the entire 50 years, corporate office. That building, uh, the city center, has been here since 1989. It's hard to believe it's been that long. But we have about 210 partners in that building, and so we're having a little party today. If you drive by, you'll see the big tent. We've all got on the same color T-shirts. Most folks wearing jeans. Uh, we're gonna have. We've already had festivities. We brought donuts to everybody this morning. We had a video message from me and a video message from Governor Lee congratulating us on our 50 years. And this afternoon, we're gonna have that party for our partners. We've got, I think, 60 retirees coming to be a part of the party. We're gonna have several of our civic leaders. Um, uh, Mayor McFarland is going to be there, our state senators and our state representatives, uh, several of our board members. So we're just gonna have good food. We've got four food trucks and two dessert trucks. So our folks are gonna eat well. And there's going to be music playing and games and door prizes. And we're going to do that until about 2 or 2.15 and then let everybody start their weekend a little bit early from home. But we're excited about it. It's a good day for NHC. All righty. Well, uh, congratulations. I wanted to start there. And uh, thank you for coming on. That's Steve Flatt, the NHC CEO, celebrating 50 years uh, for NHC and just a, uh, an incredible accomplishment. And uh, Dr. Carl Adams is, is staring down, smiling at you guys, I think, today as you celebrate 50 years. So congratulations, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Any final thoughts, anything we missed this morning? No, Nick, I appreciate this opportunity. We certainly hope Dr. Adams is smiling down. And uh, I, I think everybody, past and present, associated with NHC is very proud of this company. Um, you know, you have 15,000 people and you care for 50,000 people a year. Not everything works perfectly, especially in this kind of challenging business. But we we try hard, and uh, I think that dedication to the highest quality of care that we can offer is what uh, differentiates us. So thank you so much for letting us kind of toot our horn and uh, tell people a little bit about NHC, our past and our present. All righty, Steve. It's been a lot of fun this morning. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you guys for joining us on this broadcast. we got Truman Jones coming up next with some live music. Rutherford issues to follow as we'll be chatting with the Rutherford County School Board. That's all coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, but stay tuned. Truman uh, actually over at Adams Place right now getting ready for their broadcast. So uh, great stuff on the way. Some live music for you guys. Keep it right here on your good neighbor station, News Radio WGNS.